This is a HeadGum Podcast. Now that your rose is in bloom, Michaela, Lakeland, uh, here we still are together. Here we still are in the present day. Here in the present. Our present, someone's future. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to scare you, Lakeland. Please don't. Likely someone's past as well. Oh. Well, it's interesting that you should bring up the past because, as you know, we are in the middle of a discussion which has been ongoing for about an hour or so now. Yes. About our past. The sacred text that our entire society is built on. The Babysitter's Club Club Podcast. Once again, that's a surprising amount of exposition, given that we have been discussing this for about an hour, hour and a half now. Continuously. And I, we don't need to hit this point too hard because it's so unlikely, but an awful lot would have to go wrong for this conversation to be accidentally broadcast back into the past, the contemporary past, for the listeners of that great, great podcast from thousands of years ago, and then split into two parts. Yeah. A lot would have to go wrong. That would require some real ineptitude on behalf of whomever was editing the podcast at that time. Right. And I don't know who edited the podcast. Yeah. I don't think it was one of our great deities, Jack Shepard or Tanner Greenring. Mm Mm-hmm. But if it were one of them, mm-hmm. it was definitely Jack who was editing. You're right. Um, Jack. I mean, Lakeland. Did you call me by that great name? Sorry. I just Michaela, got... I'm so honored. I got very flustered. I, I was thinking about how I was just speaking blasphemy about our great Lord. Yeah. And got all flustered in, in my head. Well, can I say to you... That I'm glad to hear that I inspire you so much that you think of me as being like Jack from the Babysitter's Club Club podcast. But I want to say a compliment to you in return, as is customary in our society. Yeah. If you could liken to me to any ancient figure of mythology, who would it be? Other than Seal? Other than Seal. Yeah. Um, I would say your voice, Michaela, is mellifluous. Your analysis is incisive and intelligent. And being around you makes me feel smarter. So I would say that you are also like Jack from the Babysitter's Club Club podcast. Great. Yes. Lakeland. Michaela. In accordance with our tradition, Mm. we have reached the part of our annual analysis where we talk about a story as old as time itself. Mm. The story of... The Babysitter's Club. The Great Sitter's Cycle. The Great Sitter's Cycle and its inception and creation. Right. The story behind the story. The story behind the story. And I want you to take me on that journey. And Lakeland? Yes. Please. Mm. Please do all the voices. Of course. Very well. I shall tell you that great story. Sit back. Pay close attention. If you have an urge to go out and do some light purging, resist it. Legal crime. Because I'm about to tell you the oldest and greatest story ever told. 
And I will do all the voices. I'll probably do some too. <laughs> okay. I shall begin. In 1986, in a small sub-basement beneath Scholastic Headquarters in Manhattan, seven, or eight, depending on how you're counted, very unlikely individuals were gathered to discuss something of great and monumental importance to the future of the world. And you really put me in a pickle here. I'm not going to lie. I am worried about what will happen to the time stream in the Sitterverse, our Sitterverse, and if you insist on keeping these girls trapped in the same year, repeat it over and over again. I'm Pete Laranges. Pete, you don't need to say your name at the end of every paragraph. I know I don't have to, but I do just to kind of establish who I am, what character this is. (laughs) In case anyone is ever acting as though they're me and is not good at doing different voices. (laughs) It sounds like you're having one of your Laranges moments, Peter. And now is not the time. And as you know, I, Ellen Miles, have been beyond the horizon in my great ship with its skeleton crew. Yes, Ellen, we all know you've been beyond the horizon in your great ship. Did you know that the ship rises out of the sea by itself? I knew that. I've seen it. It's quite impressive. You insisted we all come down to the (laughs) beach one day and watch it happen. It was written in the stars that you would come down to the beach that day. My insisting had no effect on it. You insisted. And it is also written in the stars that the only way that this will end is in fire, no matter what any of us do, Peter. Let's just make our peace with it. Not if you choose our way out, Ellen. We could dispose of these girls now and save Stony Brook from the flames. (laughs) I don't love it when you talk like that, the entity. It's me, Nola Thacker. It's very worrying, and I think that we should try my idea at least once, which is rename the entire series the Dog Sitters Club or the Dog Sitters Dogs and leave these girls alone. Don't you agree, Suzanne? I think... We should just do whatever Anne wants. Also, I suspect that Anne will just do whatever the Leviathan tells her to do. I am the Leviathan. <laughs> I see you suffer from Pete's illness, the Leviathan. And as it is written, so it shall be. Prepare yourselves for the flames. <laughs> Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult series of books about these girls from Stony Brook, the babysitters club in all 16 to idiots began a podcast to follow up on Anne's body of work thus was baby nation born the babysitters club 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 ho 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 there were bees there is bread there'll be fire whoa oh, oh. and now 
it's time The ending of the road The last book The final episode And now it's time The Babysitter's Club Club Do you remember like the 50 book run Where Ellen didn't write anything And then they called her up to finish the series Essentially Like the last five books Yeah because she was out discovering shit she was out. And she brought it. She brought back horizon. the end. She brought back fire. Yeah, I'm gonna miss these ghostwriters more than anything. They're all such strange. Pete follows us. Pete follows. So we can us communicate on with him. Yeah, and his feet. Like send feet. Yeah, send him pick your feet. Yeah, or whatever. Like here's yeah. a pick of my feet. Yeah. Hey Pete, here's our feet. Just yeah. just so it's not weird. It's a tete a tete. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna miss them too, but they are on another path now. Yeah. They're on another journey. Yeah. They no longer have to worry about these girls. Yeah. They no longer have to worry about the factions. They no longer have to worry about impressing the, the Leviathan. Or and He's been sent back to hell. They all tried to end it in different ways. Pete just gave up. Right? Pete, Pete gave, gave up. up. The entity tried to just kill off the characters one by one. And maybe that would have been best. Now, now that I've seen everything, right. it would have been better if the entity had just tried to kill them all. Right. Nola kept trying to just make it about dogs. Make it about dogs. She's like, which also maybe would have been better. Yeah. There's like the sitterverse is missing the point. Let's look at the dogiverse here. Let's talk about Louie. Let's talk about Lou. Let's talk about the guide dog scout. Yeah. Suzanne was just Anne. Suzanne we was that Anne now. in a mask. Right. So it really just left it up to Ellen. And then it had to be Ellen. Right. It had to be Ellen. And what Ellen had seen was something that we could never fully comprehend. She was out and she brought up she brought back the end. She brought back fire. Yeah. And that's what this book is. Yeah. I couldn't imagine another group of people who could have done this. Um, hey, you know what it is? What? Smelling like Ellen in here. Why don't we ever do that? Smelling like Ellen. Fuck. What's that? What's you- that? What is, is that? It? Do you smell something? Do you smell something? Yeah. It's very sweet, but it's got so, like a hint of sulfur. It's smelling like Ellen. It's here. smelling like Ellen. This oh, week. So very Fuck. good. Yeah. Last book? We figured that out? Smelling like Ellen. <sighs> oh, why you got smiles from Miles today? Smell. Oh, it's because I'm smelling like Ellen. Smelling. Oh, you're smelling like Ellen? Yeah. Because yeah. I just read one of her <laughs> books. <laughs> we're both smelling like Ellen this week, Baby Nation, and we're going to talk about some of the crazy antics that Ellen Miles got up to, she was the only one that Anne could have chosen to stick this particular very complicated landing. And boy, did she ever. All right, Tanner. Riddle me this. Tigger. Cat. Tigger. The cat. Where are, This isn't a call and response. I'm reading something to you. Oh, okay. Tigger. The cat. Yeah, okay. It is a call and response. It's not a call and response. That was a clarification for Baby Nation. Okay. Tigger, Tigger, where are you? I could hear him mewing, but I couldn't see him. In fact, I couldn't see much of anything. Smoke filled the room and flames crackled around me. I stumbled forward, waving my arms in front of me in hopes of touching him. Finally, I felt fur. Tigger, I shouted with relief, scooping him up in my arms. I began to run for the door, but where was the door? Even with all the smoke, I should have been able to find it. Somehow the layout of my room had changed. I felt my way around the walls, wincing as the heat nearly seared my fingertips. No door. There was no door. Desperate, I ran around the room again. It 
couldn't be true, but it was. There was no door, no window, no hope of escape. This is a dream sequence. Or is it? I think it is. Because at this point, her house had already burned down. And there was a door, and she touched it. It was warm. And that's how she knew that there was fire on the other side. You've read two conflicting accounts of what happened. One in which Marianne dies in a fire because there's no exit and no escape. Uh-huh. And one in which she does escape. Uh-huh. And you choose the wishful thinking version. You think that's the one that Anne and Ellen want us to believe? I think, I don't have that passage captured, but I think it goes on to explain that she wakes up for, in a start. Well, that's what you would think if you saw a vision of yourself in an alternate universe or an alternate timeline where you did okay. die and all the girls burned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not that it's a dream, it's a, it's a vision. Yeah, and then she says, she's talking about the multiple dreams she has about this. Sometimes the fire trapped me in a room, other times I escaped, but only after running down endless, unfamiliar hallways. Yeah. Ellen is showing us a vision of the infinity of timelines that Anne in her hubris has created. You know what's weird is I think most of them end in fire. Most of them end in fire. There's a couple more here. Yeah. Sometimes I stare into the big brick fireplace and imagine all the people who have built fires there and warm their hands at the hearth. Or at bedtime, I climb the narrow stairway and picture some girl my age doing the same thing carrying a candle to light her way. These are all, according to your theory, Mm -hmm. alternate timelines. Yes. And in all of them, there is a vision of fire. There's a vision of fire. That's just where the universe defaults to. That's what Anne saw. She got closer to the end of these novels. Do you think our universe is, do you think it will end in fire for us? I mean, I suspect that that's what we're being told here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And it happens in a bunch of different ways. Um, Well, okay, let's try something a little bit more optimistic. Another vision of fire, another idea of what fire could be. Tanner, I may have quoted this before to you. Poi sascose nel fuoco che gli affina. I love it. It's from Dante. Yes. You know how I knew that? What? It was in Italian. Okay. <laughs> it's from Dante. It's it's famously quoted by T.S. Eliot, of course. Sure. That's why I know the quote. Sure, sure, sure. Um, That's why I knew it, too. It is a reference. It's a line from, not the Inferno? Oh, no, the other one. It's, you're pursing your lips in a way that looks like you're going to say it. Yeah. Let's say it together. Okay. Fun. On three? Yeah. One, one two, two, three. Purgatorio. Purgatorio. Oh, okay. It's from the Purgatorio, sure. and it means it's, a, it's Arnaud Daniel. Did you know that Dante actually wrote three books? What? One is about hell mm-hmm. called the Inferno. Mm-hmm. One is about purgatory called Purgatorio, mm-hmm. and one is about heaven called, you want to say it together? Okay, on three. Three, two, one. Paradiso. Paradiso. And what about La Vita Nuova? People, some people don't, some people count that, Yeah, but a lot of Dante scholars don't. They don't count La Vita Nuova. Nope. Okay. All right. I'd love to meet those guys and get a piece they, of their mind. That it, the, a lot of Dante scholars think that that pushes forward this agenda of reincarnation, and that conflicts with Roman Catholic values. It's about Beatrice and her death. Yeah, no, I know. 
That's okay. what I mean. But it means it's Italian for a new life. Yeah. So. That's true. Tanner, pues las cosas en el fuoco que ya fina. And it's about Arnaud Daniel, the troubadour. I was trying to talk to you about this yesterday when we were hanging out and you stopped paying attention. Yeah. Arnaud Daniel. I love him. Yeah. I love when he does good um, songs and poems. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Troubadour. And what does Arnaud Daniel do? He's, he's in... He's got like a big nose. Like a real long nose. Well, he like sings and women oh, okay. in windows. Steve Martin and Roxanne? No, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> The guy with the big nose. Isn't He's that... a troubadour. Yeah. What's his name? Steve Martin and Roxanne. No, no, no. I want to talk to you about Arnaud Cyrano de Bergerac. Cyrano de Bergerac. Yeah, and that's what Roxanne is based on. Tanner. Roxanne. And so he jumped back. Put on the red light. And so he jumped back into the flames which refined him. Oh. Okay. So it's like Daenerys. What? No. Mother of Dragons. No. Not, no. She burned in the fire with the eggs, and she came out all, like, naked mm-hmm. and... And afraid. Like the reality TV show. Well, it's not, we're now too many steps far from my point. I just think that there's a sense in which maybe Anne is intending for these flames to be purgatorial. The cleansing fire. Yeah. So that all the babysitters can go to Paradiso, a.k.a. Eventually. And they like it. That's the point. And that's the point of Arnaud Daniel is he, although it's painful to him, he longs for the fire. He wants the fire. He embraces the fire because he knows that it's refining and improving him. It's is burning away the impurities. And yes. suggesting yes. that you and I mm-hmm. burn ourselves. <laughs> is she suggesting we cleanse ourselves with the flame? Holy light of the flame. I think... Because we still don't have, I'll reveal now, Baby Nation, that yeah. this is the final episode of the Babysitters Club Club main canon series, mm-hmm. and we still don't have a solid plan for what we do. Mm-hmm. The options on the table are: oh, right, read the super specials to mm-hmm. kind of kick the can down the road a little bit longer, mm-hmm. switch over to another format, mm-hmm. or lie down in a field together and let birds eat us and carry our spirits into heaven. Right. But you're saying there's a fourth option. Embrace yeah. the cleansing fire. Right. And come out the other side stronger Im- than Improved. Yeah. And do you think we'll continue to podcast, or do you think it would be too burned? Well, out? that's the question. It's the question that Hodges poses on the cover of this novel, Tanner. Is this Kara? Did Karis come to Austin? I don't know, man. You can call her in if call you want. Karis? Are you here? Karis? Oh, she's setting up. Oh, she Love and sound. Okay. Exit row. Very smart. Okay. This is Hodges. a segment where we talk about the classic covers of Hodges Swallow, Babysitter's Club art director. This week, I just wanted to draw your attention to the question that Hodges has posed to us all. Can Marianne rise from the ashes? That's the question. <laughs> and I think... By extension, that's the question that Anne is asking of us. I think Marianne can. Her family already has 
firm plans. They have good insurance. They have good insurance. Yeah. And we know that... What does Sharon do for a living? We know Richard Spear is a high-power attorney. What does Sharon do? I can't remember. She's, no, she wants to become an architect. Right now, she's having a job that she's unhappy about. She's like, a, she's she's like, like an assistant of some sort. An assistant to some demanding writer. Oh, I see. Oh, okay. 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 Do you think that, Al, that... Demanding writer. That's Ellen. Put that in there. Mm-hmm. Ellen was like, okay. You know what? She has this job. And the part of the subplot is that she's very unhappy in her job, yep. which is why when the house burns down, she's like, let's... She's more let's use this as down an opportunity. to move to Philadelphia yeah. where, where there will be more opportunities and, and she can get away from her bad job. Stony Brook. Wow. Okay. I think Ellen. the real question Hodges should be asking here is can Ellen rise from yeah. the ashes? I think that's the question Ellen is asking. Yeah. Well, and this plays into something that we've kind of been dancing around where it's like maybe Anne didn't intend to finish these novels. She still desperately had a plan to put things back the way she originally wanted. But I Ellen Anne, was like, I burned the girls. Yeah. Marianne's moving to Philadelphia right. to get away, and her, her mom is getting away from the domineering writer who is ruining her life. Keeps making wild demands. And wants to get out from under her shadow, out of Stony Brook, which is holding her back. I think Anne is still out there somewhere, continuing to pen once a month Babysitter's Club books. Right. Where the girls are still trapped in amber, they're still all in Stony Brook. Yeah. Like... The universe is fractured in a way that, like, there's a lot of, like, incongruities. Yeah. And Anne doesn't know how to handle those. Yeah. But, like, she's still writing them, and they're all still 13, and, like... I would love to get my hands on those books. I like, imagine... Operation Iraqi Freedom happened. Yeah. And the girl, there was a whole book about that. Like, 9-11 happened, and there was a whole book about that. But the girls are, like, still 13. Yeah. Stay still in Stony Brook. And the vampires... Oh, yeah. There was the whole, like, three-book run where the vampires took over. There was the time that a glacier floated up to Stony Brook, and they realized something was in it, and they brought it ashore, and it was Hitler. Uh, And he, like, started the Fourth Reich. Yeah. And then, like, Captain America had to come, and Black Widow, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But Stacy's still denying that the glaciers are melting. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that makes sense. And so there's probably another reading order for these novels that includes the, like, unpublished. Do you think she's still, Anne's just still sending them to Scholastic? Yep. And they just, they just... They just pile the, up. The male guy gets it, and he says, Puts it in the send basement. to Leviathan, yep. and throws it in the chute. Yeah. And that's, so that's all canon. Like, yeah. Leviathan's keeping track of that. Yeah, You yeah, know? Yeah. I would love to get my hands on those. Well, maybe that's what we can do next. Read the unpublished unpublished yeah. manuscripts? Yeah. You just gotta find our way. The you dark know, texts? You know where that sub-basement is. Oh, that's true. I do. Do you think if I just went in and asked? They yeah. Would... Ask for the Leviathan. Okay. I'll do that when I get back to New York. They'll send you down. I'll just go in and be like, I'm here to see the Leviathan. I know the risks. I've yeah. prepared myself physically and spiritually for this journey. Yeah. I'll be back in f- 13 nights and 14 days. <laughs> <laughs> and when you, so the, I think the way it works with the Leviathan is if you can get an audience with him. Yeah. You can, unless you're Ellen Miles, who, the rules for her are different. You can ask for one thing. Yeah. And then he will take something that he deems to be equivalent in value yep. from you in return. Yeah. So it's going to be like a gift of the Magi kind of thing. Because yeah. I'm going to say, like, 
I would like to see the dark texts so that Jack and I can continue to right. record our podcast together. And yeah. he will say, I'm not out loud, but I will hear it in my mind. Yeah. He will say, okay, what I demand in return is your friendship with Jack Shepard. Right. And it's like, what do I do? You know? I mean, we would have to continue to we just It would be hostile. Yeah. But it would just be very hostile. Yeah. Okay. I'll do it. Okay. Good. Great. Um, all right. Well, Baby Nation. Fuck good. you. <laughs> Shit. Good news. <laughs> very good news. It looks like we might not have to end this thing after all. Yeah. And fuck Jack Shepard. Yeah. What a dick. Um, disagree. Tanner, we have talked about a lot of the things that are in this book. Mm-hmm. But there are a number of things that stand out by their very omission. They're left out. Deliberately left out. Yeah. Left and out have in been a way. Several books. That sears into my memory. I know what you mean. Yeah. You're talking about the, the disappeared. I'm talking about the disappeared. Started with. The Delaney's. The whole family. We've speculated in the past about what happened to them, but I think at this point the truth has become clear. It's that they got too close. They got too close. They knew too much. They knew too much. Yep. So I don't know how they managed to uncover Anne's divine secrets. Right. But they did. Who did they live next door to? To Christy. Christy. And Shannon. They lived in between Christy and Shannon. Karen's best friend. Right. Amanda. Amanda Delaney. So even saying her name right now is dangerous. You think so? Yes. I'm glad I'm in your house. Well, okay. Well, great. Then my child lives here. If Anne's going to burn down any house, I hope it's yours. Just refer to her as A.D. A.D. Yeah. Also, the T.M. Mm-hmm. Unceremoniously dumped from the these t- books. The T.M. The T.M. Gone. Gone. Probably out History. partying. Yeah. Being a very cool dude somewhere, jet-setting around Wearing the like world. like a, a golf hat. BB. And BB. The big cat. The big cat. The big guy. Yep. One of the first characters we met. I think there's more of these characters than we think. Right. These are just the only ones we can remember. When's the last time you heard about Bart Bashir? I just did a search in my notes for Bashir. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. It's like he's been... It's like... I remember a character in these books called Bart Bashir. Don't you? Oh, yeah. He dated Christy. They did arm stuff. Oh, I remember. Yeah. Christy plus... Search in your computer right now. Bart Bashir? Bashir. Bart Bashir. I'm looking. Anything? Nothing. 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 It's like Anne has gone back and removed all mentions of Bart Bashir from these books. People are going to think we're fucking crazy when we go around talking to random strangers and being like, do you remember Bart Bashir in the BSC? And people fucking will look at you like you're a lunatic. The Hobarts. Hobarts disappeared, reappeared. They came back, changed. They no longer had an Australian accent. What about Fred Trout? He's, well... He's a baseball. He's a baseball. He became man. a baseball man. Yeah. Did you notice that when Ben and the Hobots came back? Yeah. The mentions of their Australian accents were gone. Gone. They were just. Hello, we're the Hobarts. Yeah. <laughs> We've lived in Stony Brook forever. <laughs> My young son Ben Hobart. Yeah. Sure does enjoy spending time with Mallory Pike. God bless the stars and bars. Yeah. Wow. I can't wait for this year's purge. <laughs> and why'd you take them away? Why'd you take them away, Anne, and, and, and bring them back changed? Yeah, that's troubling. We don't have time to get Wendy it. Loser? Wendy Loser? Wendy Loser is a sitter. She's, She's a sitter. In the Pantheon. <sighs> Those 
Crime Girls. Oh, the Crime Girls. Well, apart from Jaquie Grant. That yeah. man that Christy burned. Oh, my God. The man that Christy burned. There are so many disappeared in these books. Stony Brook is emptying out. The superb rat? <gasps> what happened to the superb rat? Jack. What? Cam Newton. Remember when Jamie Newton was in these books every fucking week? Nothing. To the point that we had an ongoing regular joke about how we thought he was... Not joke. That wasn't a joke. An ongoing regular commentary on the fact that he is baseball... Baseball man? Football football man man. Cam Newton. Yeah. (laughs) Where'd he go? Do a search in the text right now for Cam Newton. Doing it. Anything? Nothing. Nothing. About Cam Newton. Astonishing. Carolina Panthers? Well, yeah, he's still playing good for the Carolina. Look up Carolina Panthers. Okay, I'm, looking. I'm looking. Anything? Nothing. Nothing. Oh, you think Anne would mention it? Furious about this, and I thought that she was going to tie up this loose end, but apparently she doesn't want us to think about these people anymore. Anne, we've got our eyes on you. And we've got an army. One of us is going to venture into the the Northlands, mm-hmm. into the cave. And we're going to call on our rights as the king of the north. Yes. And call out the ghosts of these disappeared. Walk into the Stony Brook Town Square and shout at the top of our lungs. Remember the Delaney's! And in the middle of the faction war, as all the factions are warring against one another, and you and the ghost riders that are there, and it seems like you're gaining ground, all of a sudden these phantom ships will pull up on the river. Ha <laughs> ha! And I'll come out on horseback, and Jack will come out on horseback, and behind us will be an army of ghosts. Of the disappeared. And we'll reclaim. We'll turn the tide of the battle. Gondor. (laughs) Uh, More, it was, no, it was outside Gondor. Elm Street. Elm Street. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Look forward to that. The elephants will crumble. Good. (sighs) Now, while we're talking about Disturbing things that are hard to confront and think about and um, segments that are hard to introduce. I was wondering if you managed to capture any moments in which Mm -hmm. um, Jackie Radowski got up to any uh, business this week in a segment we call. We have to go back, Kate. Track and Jackie. Track and Jackie. We have to go back. Mm -hmm. You were in the same room, so we can't. We have to really hit those marks. I think we did. Yeah. You, you said Trek and Jackie really quickly. And I was like, right I kind of can't. Time, I stumbled in. Yeah. So here's what I got. I'll read it to you. It's, it's written in the familiar script of Christy. Dawn. Dawn. That's why I don't While recognize it. she still lived here. That's why I don't recognize it. It says, I couldn't help but laughing as I read okay, that man. entry written by Dawn. Ooh, she's still That's embarrassing. That's embarrassing. Can you imagine? If this was like a, a live event. Yeah, and you got the you couldn't recognize the handwriting of one of your seven favorite young women in the world. Yeah. What who, about Abby? I stand by what I said. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, embarrassing. Uh, uh, Jesse's easy to recognize because it's that, like impossible to read cursive yep Claudia is easy to recognize because uh, she spells spelling mistakes and lots of cross outs yeah Stacy dots her eyes with hearts yeah and Christy is like very kind of swirly cursive childish cursive yeah um so dawn of course it's dawn dawn's is like very stylized sorry are italicized. you saying dong I'm saying dong okay dong dawn oh, okay 
Dong. 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 Yep. Okay. Hers is very this this kind of a stylized italics. Yeah, it's beautiful. Shall I read it? Yeah. If some Hollywood producers ever got to know Jackie Radowski, they could make a million bucks with a movie about that kid. Of course, they'd need to hire a stuntman. Stunt boy, she says here in a parenthetical, mm-hmm. to do the things that Jackie does in real life. But the Jackie Radowski story would be full of thrills chills and suspense will jackie survive another fall down the stairs will jackie be able to put together the lamp he broke before his mom gets home will jackie's babysitter have a nervous breakdown the tale of jackie the walking disaster traveler through time and space Mm -hmm. explorer of the infinite multitudes Mm -hmm. i'm just catching up here he of a thousand lives and a thousand deaths and a thousand thousand loves Put together a lampy break and infinite loss nervous breakdown will be coming soon to a theater near yeah, okay. you. Yeah, she says. Yeah, um, I think I have an old. You have an older one copy of the book. What I know that the in iTunes loss? they can do, they can like update books to like fix typos or like add prefaces and things like that. And I just I don't know if I've updated mine recently. What happened? It didn't say the thing about the lamp for Let's yours. See. It says the thing about the lamp. Yeah. It's missing a couple of things in there, though. Oh, that sucks. The lamp nervous before breakdown part. Babysitter have a nervous breakdown. The tale of Jackie, the walking disaster, oh. will be coming to a theater soon. To a theater. Oh, this, that's a very important part. The thing about the travel through time and the lifetimes and stuff. That's gone in your text. I don't have it, and now I'm worried. Why? I'm worried you and I are on like different temporal sort of like instances now. Okay. Well, what would we, how would we know? Yours really says that? Yeah. I'm worried that somehow Anne has gotten to us. You don't think I could make that up? No, no. You're not that clever. Yeah. <laughs> I think either way, this is confirmation of our long-held belief that Jackie is a... Time walker? Time walker. Blips through time. Yep. Lives an infinite number of lives and a different lifetime in its entirety every time he has... Uh, an accident which always resonates to an accident in the right. present day yep stony brook yep in this case stony brook of 1999 right let's see what's um, i'm looking up the the exact published date of this one it is i think it's 99 copyright may 1999 wow you know what that means what sent to the publishers may 99 released in stores june june 1999 are you talking about a, a very specific date, Tanner, you think? I think Anne knew all along. She knew all along. When this series of books was going to end. On June 10th. And she th- was signaling it from the very beginning. June yep. 10th. June 10th. That's the final day. Right. That's when the cleansing fire will clam us all. So that's what the date is. Because she said in the past that the date is important to her because like she fell out of a tree. I can't even remember. She never said. She's never said. She never said. She's implied that it was something in her childhood, but she's never implied that it's something in the she future. Said. I, I like to journal because I can go back and look at all the stuff I've done, like the time I fell out of a tree and right. whatever happened on, on June, June 10th. It's also a date that uh, Susan writes down. Well, the young woman with autism. Yeah. They ask her to pick a date, right. a random date, and she yeah. says June 10th. It's the final date. It's the final date. It's like the Mayan calendar ending in 2012. Right. Just Except like, this actually does end. They said, think through the entirety of time. Yeah stretching out before us and pick a date at random from the 
infinite expanse of time ahead of us. Yeah. Choose a date. And she says June 10th. June 10th. That's what she knows. That's the forbidden knowledge that she has. Yeah. That's one of the things that the Leviathan has probably given her. It's a cardinal moment. Yeah. Now that your rose is in bloom, light hits the Michaela, welcome back. Michaela, are you welcoming yourself back? I'm Michaela. You're Lakeland. As you know, Michaela, I'm Lakeland. I'm Lakeland. I'm Lakeland. Yeah, I was just um, I was plugged into the sprawl, mm. and I was my character in the sprawl is actually you. That's very flattering. Is that weird? Yeah. When I log into the sprawl, mm. the oasis, as some people call it, yeah, I cosplay as a character that's called Lakeland. Well, I play the character of Seal, as does almost everybody else who takes our religion seriously. And I'm also worried that you were plugged into the sprawl because you were supposed to be listening to our most sacred text. And I will be including that in my report to the authorities. No, no, no. I was doing virtual purge. Oh, right. Okay. Because regular purge is not legal right now. Yes. Okay. Well, listen, I'm in the middle of the greatest story ever told. Oh, yes, 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 yes. And this is, as is tradition, the point in the final episode of the Babysitter's Club Club listen-through that we as a society all do together, where I continue to tell the story with its second part. No, I agree. And it honestly, it kind of feels like we broke in here for absolutely no reason. But everyone expects it because at this moment. Yeah, right. Every year for the last 200 years, that's when we do it, as is the tradition. That's when we do it. So I invite you, Lakeland, mm-hmm. to continue your annual telling of the oldest story known to humankind. Mm-hmm. The Great Sitter's Cycle. Mm-hmm. And I invite you once again mm-hmm. to please do all the voices. You know me too well. All right, I shall continue. Ten years later, in a very similar looking sub basement beneath the giant maze that is the pride of Altjesnitz, a small village in Saxony Anhalt, 137 kilometers southwest of Berlin, the same strange seven characters or eight, depending on how you're counting, were gathered again. Although all of them, except perhaps for Ellen, who never seems to feel the passage of time, looked a lot more than ten years older, as if they had seen things that no one person should see in a single lifetime. Well, Anne, I tried to warn you. It's Pete, by the way, Pete (laughs) Larangis. We meddled in the time stream, and look what happened. Look what happened to poor Jackie Rodowski, that poor boy. And he became unstuck. You happy about that? We're not even... And I can't even begin to comprehend what other rifts we've created with this disruption. Not to mention, and who or what has come through those rifts. Peter, please, you're having another Lorenzis moment. Even... The sweet smell of your sweet, sweet feet cannot obscure the stench of smoke that is coming toward us through those rifts. It's me, Ellen Miles, 
Yes, Ellen. Yes. And besides, Peter. Yes, Ellen. We only know of four of the seven portals. The one here in Algesnitz. Uh, the ones in Newmarket. We're and sorry, Ellen. We're here in Algesnitz. We are here in Algesnitz, okay. as you should know. Yeah, from the the table setting at the beginning of the scene. And when you flew to Algesnitz. Yes, 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 yes. To join us here at one of the four portals. But there are seven, and we cannot guard them all because we do not know where the other three are. We know about this one, we know about the one in Newmarket, we know about the one in Wauwatosa, and we know about the one beneath Scholastic Headquarters in New York. (coughs) Yes, the entity. Everything we have tried has failed, Ellen. The drowning of the dolls was a disaster. The French witch hunters disappeared without a trace. Even Tabitha Porter couldn't hold our darkness back. It's time to do what we wanted to do in the first place. Consign them all to the flames and have done. There's gotta be another way, the entity- The girls must burn, Nola. We don't even know what's gonna happen to Scout, the guide dog. Or, or Chewbacca, who is the dog of the Perkins. Or Bird. Uh, who, as you know, is the dog that belongs to the Gardella family. Or well, Surely not Astrid of Grenville. <laughs> well, what do you think, Suzanne? Um, uh, <laughs> I think we should stop quibbling, okay? Because <laughs> Anne has already made up her mind about all of this, obviously. And I think we would be wise, all of us, to just do what Anne insists that we do, right? <laughs> As it is written, so it shall be, and the Leviathan. The Leviathan, you certainly sound like me, the But after we put some filters over it. What cruel parody, Tanner, mm. that she calls the next series Friends Forever. After what she's done, after what she's done to these women, where she keeps them trapped forever, for an eternity, repeating the same year over and over, to have caused what she caused, a fiery cataclysm, uh, an influx of demons and ghosts and dolls and witches that was too much to be born, so much to be born that she had to destroy this entire town in in a conflagration, and... Conflict something, am I right? For her to title the next series where they're like apparently, I don't even know if it's these same girls, older, to call it Friends Forever again and be like, oh, guess what? No, you're forever again. Do we know if it's the same girls? I mean, they have the same names. Are you sure? Let me read. Here, let me read. Okay, be careful, though. I don't want to have any forbidden knowledge. Dear reader. Yeah. This is in the happy reading. She talks about it. She's hawking. Can I just, before you read this? Mm. We earlier read the final lines of the book. Did we? Yeah. I would begin These a few life. sad objects saved from the fire. With these things, I would begin a new life. And then Anne has the last word. And she's like, hey, don't forget to buy my new fucking series. Well, let me, let me read. Yeah. Dear reader, if you have just finished reading this book. Yeah. If you have just finished reading this book. Leaving the possibility that you haven't. Yeah. Then you know about the big change in Marianne Spears' life that may be one of the biggest crises. Crises. I would say crises. 
crises. Whatever, I had trouble with conflagration earlier. <laughs> One of the biggest crises any of the BSC members have ever faced. Marianne doesn't know where her family is going to live or even if they're going to stay in Stony Brook. Uh-huh. I feel like that's a quick correction on her part wow. there. Yeah, they're moving to Philly. It sounds like they really are. Her life is going to change, and so is the Babysitter's Club. Next month will mark the start of the BSC Friends Forever series. The BSC is going to get a whole new look, and a lot of big changes are going to happen. I don't want to give away any of the surprises, so keep an eye out for the BSC Friends Forever special, Everything Changes, followed by BSC... That's like an interstitial. It's like a bridge. She's trying to fix what she did, because in her last series, 131 fucking books of it, nothing changed. Yeah. And now she's like, don't worry, everything changes in this one. I figured it out. The 2.0 version is going to be better. I figured out how to fucking keep these girls trapped without all of the bad effects of that. I'm just going to make sure that everything changes. Everything changes. Except Come on, followed by BSC Friends Forever number one, Christy's Big News. So they, the girls do remain. Christy's Big News? Yeah. Do you not feel Very like excited has- about the new changes and hope you will be too. Happy reading. Um, happy reading exclamation point? Happy reading comma. Everything changes, and then Christy has big news. Yeah, and Christy's big news has a resonance with Christy's great idea and Christy's worst, worst idea. idea. Christy's big news. And that's a, what, a darker timeline? A amber timeline? A... It's like the darkest timeline. Oh, Jesus. Or maybe it's like, is it possible for something to be so dark and so black that it becomes, in a way, bright again? I think scientifically, yes. The absence of all light also means... Once you get into that quantum stuff... Well, yeah, it's very quantum. Yeah. It's like on is off and off is on and good is bad and bad is good and light is bright and yeah. everything is has changed. Everything has changed. I don't know if we're going to want to read that, um, but I've got, I've got a late breaking... I'd rather die. I've got a late breaking text. Oh, okay. Just now. From my wife. Okay. I'd like to read it to you. Yeah. It says... She's right out in the other room. We can just invite her in. No. Have her read it. This is important. Yeah. And it's related to our podcast. Yep. It says, cool school, please. We already did that. Okay. Do you remember? I know. Zack Snyder was there. I'm familiar. The puddle of mud guy. Oh, I'm familiar. I'm the just narrating to you. Dongs. I remember what happened yep, earlier yep, yep, when yep, we yep, were yep, talking yep, earlier. Yep. yep, yep. She is asking me and you for a cool school. Are you going to fucking deny it or not? I, I haven't. I've done it. It's a question. Cool school, please? No. Okay. The question is coming up next okay. for the cool school. Okay. Do you want to be a cool professor? I can't help but be a cool professor. Okay. I gotta go to school. I gotta go to school. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go to school. Welcome to our school. Just you. It's just you. Tanner came to Austin. It turns out you're a cool professor. Yeah. Okay. You ready? I mean, I didn't... It's not a quality I picked up in Austin. Austin is not a very cool place. Okay. It's a quality I picked up in Brooklyn, the coolest place. You brought it to Austin. Yeah. But please believe where I live. Okay. Here's a question. Mm. For a cool professor. Yeah. From my wife. Yeah. Is it cool to get an Andrew Bird onesie? For Sarah? For Cyril. Okay. The child. My child. Um, Andrew Bird. Oof. Here's the problem. Yeah. Is I haven't listened to an Andrew Bird album in 
A minute. Ten years. Okay. And the last album I listened to of Andrew Bird's was good, and I liked it, and yeah. it would be cool to kind of have that spirit mm-hmm. captured in a onesie for my one-year-old child. Happy birthday, Cyril. Mm-hmm. But... Happy birthday, Cyril. I don't know what Andrew Bird's up to these days. Yeah. He could have gone, like, real MAGA, <laughs> and maybe he just, like, does, like, some pretty, like... Difficult. Difficult xenophobic mm-hmm. stuff these days. And then that's not cool. I don't think that would be cool at all. Well, here's a counterpoint. Can you ask her? Can you say, is Andrew Bird problematic these days? No. Ask her. Is Andrew Bird still, can I say, on the level? No. I would frame it negatively rather than positively. I'm going to say, has he got any, any controversies? I think what we could do is maybe workshop what the perfect onesie for your boy would be right now. Well, I, want, I just want to make a point. I will say this really quickly. Okay. Earlier today, we introduced a character to Cool School. Yeah. Who was kind of like the lame professor, mm-hmm. but like, you know, ultimately still cool. Like he's a professor at Cool School. Mm-hmm. And that guy liked Puddle of Mud. Yeah. So maybe if you can find a Puddle of Mud onesie, that would be really cool. Here's what I'm texting her I texted her about the controversy, but I don't think she's going to know. Here's the problem. Yeah. Tanner says yep. that he knew about Andrew Bird 10 years ago. Yeah. Therefore, Andrew Bird uh-huh. was mm-hmm. already mm-hmm. over <laughs> 10 years ago. But maybe he made a comeback and he's problematic now. Sarah says no. He's not problematic. Yeah, no controversies. But this new problem is very bad. Ask about Puddle of Mud. I'm not going to ask her about Puddle of Mud. Oh, she says she's worried. Oh, dear, she says. I'm going to text her real quick. No. (laughs) Morgan, how about a Puddle of... You said there's two Ds? I think there's two Ds. One Z instead. Tell her the fun fact about how they got their name. How about a Puddle of Mud and one Z instead? And then it, it turned Puddle of Mud into a link... (laughs) (laughs) that's such a the new iphone update (laughs) they're like fucking like Joni ives and And tim cook were sitting around and they're like what are we gonna do we've done everything we have the bigger screen like it's faster it has more memory and Joni ives was like what about if anytime someone types puddle of mud, <laughs> it links to their website? And I click it and it says puddle of mud, Siri knowledge. <laughs> oh, finally Siri knows something. Yeah. Puddle of Mud is an American rock band formed in 1991. Tell them the story about the how they got their name. New Metal. I don't remember the story about how they got their name. I just told it to you. Here's what Sarah says. Well, I got it. I hope I didn't bring too much shame on the family. The colors are nice. What about National? No. Rent a car. That's what you would think. I can't talk to you about music, man. National's good. Sure, they're good, but it's not cool. It is cool. It, it's the kind of thing that Those you boys would... on Queer Eye wear national shirts exactly. all the time. And they're the coolest. Exactly. They're the coolest. No. You're wearing a shirt that you've honestly owned the entire- What does it say, Tanner? 10 years I've owned oh, you. What does it say? Known you. Mineral. Mineral. X. It says- Mineral. Mineral X. Now that's a cool shirt to own. Yeah. That's a cool Is it mineral water? Like. If Cyril had a mineral onesie, mm. a fucking like awesome fucking emo band from 20 fucking years ago, that's cool. Gotta go to school. Like, it's not go to like, it, gotta, I don't wanna, I can't talk to you about this. Go to school.
Lakeland. Michaela. We've come to the end of the road. Still, I can't let go. It's unnatural. Excuse me, what? It's unnatural, Lakeland. You belong to me. And I belong to you, but why did you say it was unnatural? It's unnatural for us to resist Mm -hmm. what's happening so much because we're afraid, once again, because when this celebration is over, we know that we just have to put the archive back into the vaults for another year and live our meaningless lives away from its glorious warm light. That is true. But I feel that I will be warmed for many months to come by this perfect episode of our perfect Holy Writ, the Babysitter's Club Club podcast. And now, Michaela. Michaela. As is traditional at this point in our listen-through of the final episode. And commentary. And commentary. Academic commentary. I would like to tell you and our listeners around the globe What's left of it? What's left of it? And the listeners on the Lunar Colony and the listeners on Mars. But not the listeners on any of those other planets, am I right? No, they're, they're <laughs> forbidden from listening. Yeah. <laughs> In accordance with their religion. Yeah, as everyone knows. They worship WTF with Mark Marin. I can't even hear that name. <laughs> not us, though. Not us. And the civil war between us? Hmm. And the Woodfers, yeah, horrifying, has been broiling away for years now. Yeah, not to mention when the McElroy people got involved. Oh, the McElroy colonists. Yeah, horrifying, horrifying. Those people are perverts. (laughs) As as is tradition, Michaela, I would like to tell you the final part of the greatest story ever told. May I have your permission to do that? Yes, please, Lakeland, and as is my constant plea, please, please, please do the voices. I certainly shall. Let's begin. Three years later, in the ruins of a sub-basement beneath an abandoned Ringette Stadium in Newmarket, Ontario, four members, or five, depending on how you're counting, of the original group have gathered for a discussion. Pete, Nola and the entity have long since given up and gone their own way. And these are the only remaining initiates of what was once proudly called the League of Extraordinary Ghost Riders. Well, Anne, what's done is done. I now know the dark reason why you trapped these seven girls inside that snow globe. And I cannot condone it, Anne. But I also know that there is only one way to destroy that snow globe. And it is with fire itself. (laughs) We're being hasty. In a way, they will be free now. The entity will certainly be happy. Ellen. And I commend you for that, Anne. Or, should I say, Suze. Anne. No! doesn't have to be over, Ellen. We can try again. We can learn from our mistakes, Ellen. We'll get it right this time. This time, they will be friends forever. As it is written, so it shall be. And again, I need the Leviathan. And that was 
meet Suzanne <laughs> doing all the shouting and pounding. I like to have the final word. Yeah, oh, yes. Go ahead. Because it ruins it. If I say as it is written, so it shall be, and then someone else interjects. Yeah. So, as it is written, so. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Someone speaks along. As it is written, so it shall be. I'm sorry, I just get caught up. Okay, now the long but don't say any words. Okay. As it is written, so it shall be. Nobody can see that. So, it, this works. Tanner, we have talked about the final lines of this novel. I'll say them again for you. Mm. Sometimes good things grow from bad things. Maybe this really is a chance for a new beginning. Beautiful. I nodded, but I didn't feel the truth of what Don was saying. Maybe someday I would. That was something I could hope for. In the meantime, I would have to hang on to what I had, these few sad objects saved from the fire and the love of my friends and family. With these things, I would begin a new life. Tanner, what does that remind you of? It's obvious. What is that a direct allusion to? And this is Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. I know what you mean. I'm glad you do. The beginning of every Elder Scrolls game, your character wakes up penniless, mm-hmm. usually in a dungeon no. or some kind of jail and needs and has just the clothes on their back and Elder they need Scrolls. to re the Elder Scrolls? Yeah. The video games? Skyrim. Okay. Morrowind. Oh, they're related? Skyrim and Morrowind? Yeah. Yeah. Sky- Morrowind is Elder Scrolls 3. Okay. Oblivion well, you're is wrong. Elder Scrolls 4. You're Skyrim wrong. is Elder okay. Scrolls 5. I'm interested to learn that and we can talk about it later. Yeah. You're wrong, but you're also right. Okay. And Penny then, like, like all, your character eventually, like, escapes the situation they're in. Right. They're, even though they're at the bottom at the beginning of the game. Right. They, they somehow up. always exactly. end up on top. Usually right. some kind of, like, mythical figure of, like... Yes. And what does that remind you of? Something that you start at the bottom, oh. and then you end up at the top. Loom. No. Another video game where the beginning, Bob and Threadbare, his village has been burned down. Let me just read you this quote and tell me where you think it comes from. Okay. It is my belief that history is a wheel. Inconstancy is my very essence, says the wheel. Rise up on my spokes if you like, but don't complain when you're cast back down into the depths. Good times pass away, but then so do the bad. Mutability is our tragedy, but it is also our hope. The worst of times, like the best, are always passing away. Is it one of the early other scroll games? Boethius! Oh, Boethius. Come on! Yeah. It's beautiful that Anne brought that back. Yeah. At the end. Yeah. It would be weird if she introduced kind of like the Elder Scrolls mythology into this so late into the series. Yeah. So Boethius makes so much more sense. It makes so much more sense. It's something that has been woven into the fabric of these novels, of this cycle. No, that makes sense, actually. And Marianne, what's the first Marianne book, Tanner? Marianne... Love. Don't act like you don't know. You've read all these books. What's the first Marianne book? Marianne, King of... Marianne saves the day. Marianne saves the day. She's at the top of the wheel, looking out on her glory and her victory. That was actually kind of a rough book for her. But she comes out... Victorious. You're right. Victorious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beloved. In fact, they invoke that. 
Yeah. In this book. Yeah. They say, remember, they're all going through the history of the BSC for the contest. Right. And they say, like, remember the time you saved that girl's life? Yeah. And you had to go to the hospital? That was when we first really got to know who Marianne was. And they but started asking about allergies after that. The wheel turns, and wheel then turns. she burns. That's what happens at the bottom of the wheel? Yeah. Well, then that. I do choose to complain when I fall off the wheel. Bo- you know what Theus? happened to Bowie? Theus, wanna... right? Did he burn? They chained him to a fucking wall. Well, that's not burning. It sucks. And it's not even very good poetic By Visigoth. You know what would have been good? What? Chained to a wheel. Light the wheel on fire, roll it down a hill. That's rude. <laughs> All right, let's talk about something else. Okay. Jack, yeah. this book is the final Babysitter's Club book that we will ever read. Right, and afterwards we will burn our selves. selves. Yeah. It was a weird book, mm-hmm. and it was a sad book. Yeah. And on the flight here, there's a whole thing that I heard once on NPR about people becoming more emotionally vulnerable while they're on planes Mm -hmm. and movies that wouldn't normally make them cry on the ground makes them cry while they're airborne. I once cried at Independence Day on a plane. I read this book on the plane to flight Uh, to Austin Mm -hmm. and experienced essentially rolling hour and a half long And was wondering, mm-hmm. did you cry? Oh, I cried. <laughs> and I want to tell you about it. She says, see, now I feel like you're making fun of me. <laughs> <laughs> Your husband uh, okay. invented a cool school <laughs> professor who wears jinkos. And listens to P O M. That's cool to O M. That's cool to reference. So if I'm making fun of anyone, it's Jack. <laughs> Have you noticed that the guy on Queer Eye has three to four different national? Yeah, it's really t-shirts? cool. It's Anthony. And but like, then they also seem it, to share He definitely them. hasn't gone to four different the national concerts and always buys a t-shirt. It's his wardrobe person is like, you're you into think, the national. Your thing is that you listen to like accessible and innocuous indie rock. Have you noticed so that we're gonna they share the shirts? Three na- the national shirts and like two the strokes shirts. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony is like the, he's he's a good, they're all good boys. They're all good boys. And they're Anthony is a good, good boy, boys. but yeah. Anthony is by far the like, yeah, least interesting of all the queer eyes. Well, he's I, still a very interesting man. Yeah, very inter- way more interesting than either of us. They're, and they were like, but, they're like, what if he listens to the National? <laughs> that'll like, like add, that'll add to it's it. It's definitely like two marketing bros like us in like a room being like, now what band oh. could he listen to? And one of them's like, what about Mineral? Mineral. And it's like, too cool. Promise Ring. <laughs> No, American football. <laughs> no, any of the Kinsellas. Uh, the National. <laughs> national. Or the Strokes. Yeah, that's, that's getting there. The Shins, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. The Vines? Mm. Too rough. Mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> Tanner, you asked me about a tearful moment I'd like to tell you. Please. About it. Peace. And we've talked about the fire and we've talked about the deluge. Peace. 
We've talked about the flood. This is a book about the fire and the flood. And the flood comes in the form of a rainstorm. It's my favorite national album. <laughs> fire and the flood. Good. It comes in the form of a rainstorm late in the book mm. that drenches and destroys all the rest of their property that they're able to salvage. This is a dark book, Baby Nation. I cannot emphasize enough how dark this book is. The but fire burns their house down, and then the, the in the ashes are still some gems. But then, like, hours later, there's a, a storm coming. And, yeah. like, everyone is given this deadline of, like, we must finish sorting through the pieces the smoldering pieces of our life before the storm they don't find anything the only thing they washes it all literally the only thing of value they find is marianne recovers like her dead mom's like old wedding like a ring yeah the fire and the flood the flood is a literal you get a third beer i want a third beer keep this stuff in your brain i'll give you a beer i have a beer fridge you want a third beer something i want that pbr the fire and the flood the flood comes in the form of a literal flood a deluge and then Tanner, it comes in the form of Marianne's eventual and final tears. Mm. She finally releases. She can't cry. She can't cry. She can't cry. And then she cries. And everyone keeps giving her shit for it. They're like, you always cry. Why aren't you crying? And that's my tearful moment. I wasn't on a plane. I cried throughout this whole book. Mm. But this is the tearful moment that I've selected, and I'd like to read it to you. My things lay nearby, an odd collection of half-burned objects. They were hardly worth saving but they were all I had left in the world. I gazed at them. The tin box, the stuffed animal, the blackened pearl necklace, Tanner. She's got a whole necklace that's from her mom. And who did her mom get the black pearls from? Who does she get these fucking black pearls? Who do we know who fucking gives out? Where does she harvest these black pearls? Okay. And what happened to her mom? (laughs) (laughs) We don't know. Nobody knows. Oh, it worries me. It makes me think like spending that much time close to the Leviathan has negative effects on your health. Can you imagine what you would have to give up to get a whole necklace full of the Leviathan's black fucking marbles? Your very life. Your very life. Why? What did she ask for? What did she get in return? The pearls? Is that enough? I think, okay, hear, hear me out here. What's Marianne's mom's name? Alma? I think it... Alma? It's uh, it's fluid. It's fluid. It changes. Okay. Marianne. Yeah. Or is that the girl from The Ring? That's a video, guys. Yeah, that's a video, guys. Alma. Her name is Alma. Alma, which, which as we know... soul, I think. Means soul in... It's from... It, it comes from the Latin from anima. From the Latin anima, right. right. Which means... Uh, okay. Beast. Which, which means soul. Yep. Anyway, so her mother, soul... Mm. The soul. The soul. The great soul. Alma. Something happened. Let's say maybe Marianne was sick. The great soul, the great lightness. Life made manifest. Right. The brightness. Breath. Yes. Went down. Something was to happening. The depths. I think that Marianne was sick. And Alma, in her desperation, went to the Leviathan. And she said, Give me my daughter back. I will do anything. And the Leviathan gave her. A necklace full of black marbles. And in exchange, he took the price that it was worth, which was her life. Mm. He took her. Yeah. Then Mr. Spear returned to the Leviathan. Mr. Spear had the light of his life extinguished. 
Yeah. And he said, I cannot go through this again. Cannot go through this again. And he said, let it be that Marianne never grows older. Let it be that she never grows older. He made a deal with the Leviathan to enter our world and find the one yeah. who could yeah. finally and forever trap these girls in amber. And it was Anne. It was Anne. He found like a young, yeah. up and coming, up and coming children's author. Yeah. Living in Princeton, New Jersey. Right. She was just like fresh out of college. She had no leads. And then one day a man showed up at her door. He was like, give me a Stormborn. Yeah. They were like, Pete? He was like, no, woman. Maybe someday. Maybe someday. <laughs> but I would prefer to be a woman. Yeah. Because these books are about young girls. Young girls. He found Anne. And she was willing to do it. She made the deal to she do it. She was young. She didn't know any better. Sure. I'll, I'll just keep them out. It's fine. I'll just keep them in eighth grade forever. What could go wrong? She's like, I'm very, I'm very bright. I can definitely keep a handle on all these disparate, dissonant yeah. timelines. Right. Easy. And in the act of me doing this, in no way will corrupt their timeline. Right. Inviting in the factions. Right. The demons. The demons. The ghosts. Ghosts. And right. the darkness. And the darkness. I probably won't have to burn this whole thing to the ground at the end. Or this whole thing won't roil with entropy and energy to the point where it reaches a ignition point. It just goes up in flames. Oh, Anne. Oh, young Anne, young Richard. And young then she comes back. Alma. She comes back. Anne comes back to the Leviathan and she's yeah. like, okay, huh, listen, I know I said I could do this, but I'm actually having a lot of trouble keeping this all in check. I need. A stable, a cabal of talented young ghostwriters to come in and help me. Right. I promise none of them will become corrupted by the dark influence of the Babysitter's Club and need to purge themselves of their physical bodies and become a symbiotic entity. And I need six so that we can be seven together. Right. To match the seven babysitters. Right. The seven deadly dolls and the seven factions. And then here we are. At the end of that, who are the seven ghostwriters? Let's go through them for Baby Nation. Anne, the first ghostwriter. Right. Writing on behalf of Richard Spear. Right. The progenitor. She's the ghost of Alma. Yep. Right. That's why it's called Ghostwriter. Sweet Pete Larangis. Mm-hmm. Sweet, sweet feet. Sweet, who with the sweet, sweet feet. They call him Sweet Feet Larangis sometimes. Right. A lot of people do. Ellen Miles. Mm-hmm. Smiles she wrote Miles. this book. Smiles for Miles, Frowns for Downs. Yep. Suzanne mm-hmm. Wayne. Suzanne. The simulacra. Right. Nola Thacker, sentient dog. Right. Someone pointed out in Baby Nation that all dogs are sentient. What we mean is intelligent dog. Right. Yep. Some dogs are intelligent. Human, human, human intelligent. intelligent dog. Yep. Dog. <laughs> dog with human-like intelligence. Aware of their own mortality. Yes. That's the difference. Self-aware dog. Right. The entity. Entity. as Jonna and. Jonna and Malcolm. Malcolm. Malcolm Gladwell, Hillgartner, Hillgartner and John Beecham. Right. And then the Leviathan. The Leviathan. Himself. Always lurking. Right. Never penned a book, but was so influential in the shaping of these books right. that we count him as essentially the anti- seventh right. ghostwriter. Yeah. It's like Hades being part of the pantheon. Right. It counts. <laughs> then you got your seven factions, ghost dolls, witches, demons, cat Dinosaurs, people. Dinosaurs, cat people. Soldiers, Soldiers and Magnificent Weapons. Weapons. That's seven. That's seven. Yeah. And above it all yep. is us. And? The Observers. 
our presence in this universe, mm-hmm. our eyes and ears into this world, yours, Jack Shepherds, mine, Tanner Greenrings, and all of Baby Nations, mm-hmm. our presence made manifest in the glory, the bright light of the purple, the purple orb, sentient orb, sentient in the sense of being aware Human of its like own mortality. Yeah, right. Like a dog. Uh, not dogs, like a dog. Like it's not like a dog. Okay. It's like all of us. Yeah. Anyway, can I continue my tearful moment? Yeah, please. My things lay nearby an odd collection of half-burned objects. They were hardly worth saving, but they were all I had left in the world. I gazed at them. The tin box, is that the lament configuration? You it's think? the lament configuration. Okay. We know there's a lot of resonance in these books with Hellraiser. the Hellraiser universe. Yeah. A lot of people think that they are a shared universe. Yeah. Well, I think that it's because Anne sees herself in the travelers who open the lament configuration. She realizes that they were just explorers, young people like her, yeah. trying to explore the world, discover new things, unlock, create life. And what they unlocked? New realities of pleasure and pain. Right. Which are oftentimes the same thing. And which have a tendency to get out of control. Mm. I gaze at them. Should I just say it as it is? I gaze at them. The lament configuration. Yep. The stuffed animal. Doll. The doll, right. The necklace of Leviathan black, pearls. infinitely heavy pearls that look like galaxies. Mm-hmm. The ruined shoe. That might just be she, like one of her shoes got burned. Could be. It might be a sweet feet. Sweet Pete. Uh, sweet feet. That's just a reference to the sweet feet of Sweet Pete. Even Sweet Pete's sweet feet have been ruined have by been this ruined. fire. I'd found only one picture of my mother. Even her ring on my finger was cold comfort. That's probably the ring that uh, Stacy found. In From the, the ring. Yep. The movie The Ring. Oh, I was thinking the... Right, exactly. Stacy and the Missing Ring. Video guys. Okay. Even her ring on my finger was cold comfort. Suddenly there in the cool quiet of the barn, I realized that I'd never felt more alone. Oh, the barn doesn't burn down, by the way, Baby Nation. The barn survives. It's fine. Yeah. And they might move there. Yeah. And Logan and Marianne do a uh, kissing. They do kissing in there. It's a little hot and heavy. It's a little hot and heavy. Marianne is like, oh, Logan and I had a nice chat in the barn. And then she's like, Winky. I left out the part where we kissed. Mm. This is my tearful moment, so can we try to get in the the appropriate mood for it? Please. Suddenly, there in the cool quiet of the barn, I realized that I'd never felt more alone. That's when my tears began, and after all that time, they came hard. I cried as I had never cried before, standing amid the few items left from my past. These weren't the kind of tears that fall softly during sad movies, or the kind that slip out during sentimental moments. No, these tears didn't come out of any kind of pleasure, or even sadness. Or pain. It's a world of pleasure and pain, yeah. These tears were hard and real. And Do you they... think she means, like, physically hard, like they were made out of, like, crystal? I Certainly. Yeah. These tears were hard and real and they came from pain. I cried for what seemed like a long, long time. I cried so hard my whole body hurt. I cried so hard I could barely see. But I noticed when the barn door opened and a light came on. I noticed when Dawn walked in. Without a word, she came toward me, 
arms open. She was crying too. We sank to the floor together to sit and cry some more. How did you know I was here? I asked when I could speak. Because I knew this was where I'd want to be. She replied. It was very touching. Yeah. I had a troublesome thought. Okay. As you were reading. Mm Mm-hmm. Marianne's hard tears. Mm-hmm. Are you thinking it's like Hard Rain, the movie with uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme? No. Okay. I'm wondering if Marianne crossed some sort of threshold okay. at this point in the book. Right. And went from being a normal girl to some kind of being okay. who lives and thrives in the darkness. Because mm-hmm. you said she was on a midnight bike ride. Right. She wore a helmet. is capable of generating... These tears mm-hmm. that look like small, hard, black wow. okay. marbles. Yeah. Okay. I see it now. I see it now. And that's where he gets them. Leviathan. Marianne is. <gasps> Born from Alma, the yeah. eternal soul. Yeah. Marianne is the Leviathan. Marianne is the Leviathan. It just all makes too much sense. And then she she uses this moment to escape this Garden of Eden yeah. that Anne and her father have set up yeah. into our world. Do you Have you noticed, Tanner, that Logan, Bruno, is often described, including in the first paragraph of this book, as someone who looks a lot like Cam Geary? Mm-hmm. Do you, are you aware that Cam, I imagine you are, that Cam Geary can be rearranged? The letters of Cam Geary can be rearranged to say, Cage Mary? Are you aware of that? That's what Logan is there for? That's what he's there for? That's why he showed up in book 10? To cage her? To keep her back? To keep her from doing this? From doing this? And this is where we've ended up because everybody's meddling trying to keep these girls in cages. (laughs) Cage Mary. Yeah. When I said that, Baby Nation, the lights in Jack's Laundry room flickered yeah. briefly. On and off, as if to say, don't. But you will. <laughs> cage Mary, mm-hmm. and who goes free? Anne. When you cage Mary, Anne, Anne. goes free. Mary Anne is her full name. <sighs> this book is an origin story. Right. It's the origin of Alma. It's the origin of the Leviathan, Mary Ann. And it's the origin of Anne. Yeah. And this cycle continues to repeat itself over and over again. Right. And it makes sense, Tanner. Did you recognize this scene when they return to their childhood? They return to the very beginning. They all, I don't think we've mentioned this, but they all live in Christie's house. Mm-hmm. Uh, after their house burns down and mm-hmm. at first it's fun and then it's bad because the Thomas Brewers are just like constantly everywhere and they're creatures of chaos mm-hmm. and so they're trying to find a place to meet and here's what happens Tanner should we just use our bedroom Sharon asked my dad he shook his head doesn't <laughs> historically that isn't oh, yeah. something they've been interested in <laughs> yeah. well, the using the bedroom busy. they're always in the kitchen the yeah that's brewers, true they mention it a bunch that like christy and watson are always like cleaning the kitchen or like making pancakes or whatever right so like Speaking sharon and richard must be incredibly frustrated oh yeah they're like oh, i guess we horned up bed- yeah yeah 
They've got and Watson's a millionaire, so he probably has one of these like he's probably got top a of the sex line dungeon somewhere refrigerators. Oh, okay. <laughs> they could just go to the sex dungeon and have a meeting. <laughs> that's not. I guess want, it's not man. appropriate. He's got one of those. That's like, actually what's like, up on the third room. Watson just keeps telling all the kids like it's haunted. Don't go up there. It's like the it's third like, floor is haunted. Don't go up there. Ben Brewer. Lives <laughs> there. It's just like where his like weird kinky sex dungeon is. Yeah, but that's not what they're interested in. They're interested because in, he's got one of those like Maytag, fucking like. The freezer's on the bottom for some reason. There is definitely a top of the line refrigerator in yeah. Watson's sex dungeon because yeah. he heard about this yeah. and like the circles of Stony Brook and he's like, I'll try anything once. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he doesn't use it a lot, but yeah. it's up there. Should we just use our bedroom? Sharon asked my dad. He shook his head. I'm sure we'll be interrupted there. I know, I said. There's a new playhouse in the backyard. Maybe if we sneak out there quietly, nobody will find us for a while. Fine with me, said Sharon. I'm game, said my dad. I led the way to the playhouse. One by one, we ducked to go through the small door. Inside were four colorful child-sized chairs around a child-sized table. We each took a chair and perched on it. I almost burst out laughing at the sight of my father on his miniature yellow chair. But something stopped me. I guess it was the serious look on his face. He still looked tired, too. This family are desperately trying to go back to the beginning. They crawl. Remember Marianne has this dream where there are no doors? Right. And then they crawl through this door into a children's playroom in this origin story? It's just so fucking resonant. Yep. Anyway, I feel like you had a tearful moment. Here's mine. Okay. Chapter 14. Why I like to babysit by Christy Thomas. Parenthetical. Note to the judges. This essay should probably have a different title. Maybe Why the BSC Likes to Babysit, since it is a group entry. Every member of the BSC likes to babysit. In fact, we love it. We all like kids and enjoy spending time with them. Children are fun to be around. It's as simple as that. And it's also a lot more complicated. Because babysitting isn't just about taking care of kids. It's about caring and community and connections. I've learned a lot about that over the last few days. Three days ago, my best friend's house burned down. And it was what happened after Marianne's house burned down that taught me the real lesson. The one about why I love to babysit. First of all, there was the way every member of our club came together to support Marianne and to help her and her family. Second was the way that our charges worried about Marianne and let her know how much they care. Finally, you may notice that our history section was written by the children we sit for. After the fire, our charges pulled together to make sure our entry was finished on time. Babysitting is a two-way street. We take care of the kids and make sure they enjoy their time with us. In exchange, we receive not just financial rewards, but emotional ones as well. Our charges give back every bit of love we show them, and then some. As I wrote this essay, I came to realize that I don't even care if my club wins the contest. I already know that each and every member of the BSC is the babysitter of the year. In my heart, in Marianne's heart, and in our charges' heart, that's all the recognition we need. That's all the recognition that they'll ever get. Because that 
plotline goes unresolved. Unresolved. We don't know whether they win the award. And I think when we see these girls next, yeah. in Friends Forever, yeah. they're different. Everything changes. They're going to be different. Marianne's going to live in Philadelphia. And I think the girls are teens. Yeah. Like, I don't like it. It's 18. I think they're graduating from high school in those books. This is what Anne wanted to avoid this whole time. (sighs) We'll never know. Yeah, we'll never know. I also looked at, with you, some uh, Dawn in the Nightmare World. California Diaries. California Diaries titles. That shit looks fucking dark. It looks dark. The covers all have an aesthetic. Yeah. That's like very 90s grunge. Yeah. It's very Um, cool. It's very hot topic. Yeah. Anyway, smiles for miles, frowns for downs. Tanner, Jack, Shepard. Yes, my friend. Yes, thank you. It's time we talked about this. Oh, I have been waiting to talk about this. Okay, I know what you're about to say. Yeah, and I've been anticipating talking about this for a long time. Good. Do you want to say it together? Yep. On three. On three. One, One, two, two, three. three. Bread theory. Tanner, it's the final book, except for the fact that maybe someone was trying to create a giant house-sized oven. It's not that I don't want to talk about this. Yeah. I obviously do. Yeah. I'm worried that even though we plan to split this episode into uh, several parts, I'm not sure I have enough time to get into it. Look, just tell... But I've got... look Look at this notebook I've got. Yeah. Look how many notes are in it. Yeah. I flew all the way here to Austin. Yeah. I flew here to revel in the truth. Right. With you. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do that now. You're going to tell us. I'm going to tell you're gonna you. finally going to tell us what it means. I know that it's all bread, and I know that it goes some of the way down. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Bread. Yes. Is... thought when i asked you yeah that you were gonna do the thing you always do where you just say it's all bread all the way down no yeah do you see now do you see what i've been talking about the whole time now i see yeah i see non-white i get like it's all i know and now ties together so i see why you didn't want to talk about it before why you thought it was so dangerous yeah okay well thanks for uh You know what, man? You're welcome. And I'm glad you're finally giving me the respect I deserve. I've been towing this line for so many books, and you always seem to like... I didn't see it. I was so blind. Yeah. I was so blind. And Baby Nation, you're welcome. Yeah. 
I know that was a lot. It's amazing. I think it's going to avert the apocalypse. Should we go back and re-record everything now that you have yeah. the full picture? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, obviously. I mean, everything that we know is... I mean, it's not wrong, but it's like what we knew without that piece of the puzzle. Yeah. Was, it was like a, a perverted version of the truth. Yeah. Tanner, let's get the fuck out of here. That's good news. Go to the field. As much down. as I love Christy. Yeah. And as much as I appreciate her family's help, we couldn't stay with them forever, Jack. Yeah. It was time to go. It was time to go. Just like it's time for us to go. As much as we love Christy and and appreciate her family. Time to go. It's time to go. Baby Nation, everything changes. There's no telling what will happen next. But we'll always be friends forever we'll probably read the super specials yeah (laughs) so next monday keep an eye on the feed that'll probably be super special number one we'll probably just start them all over yeah so see you next week jack baby nation please buy our merch bit.ly slash bscc merch new shit up by the time this comes out for sure yeah there's gonna be new stuff up on the merch store so keep an eye out for that we got some very cool t-shirts in the works and a tote, I think. A tote. For Delia? Uh, for carrying whatever you want, yeah. Yep, okay. And rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Yep. Still, we're still taking those ratings and reviews. We'll take them. Share this podcast with a friend. Not this episode. It really is too much. Maybe the for, beginning, the first one, the yeah. very first one, or yeah. potentially the next one because everything will change. Right, everything will change. And it's kind of a full universe reset. Yeah. In the meantime, Baby Nation, this week, we read a book that was called The Fire at Marianne's House. Next week, there is no next week. There probably will be, though. We'll probably do something. We'll probably do super special or something. That's likely. But there's no next book. We got to the end. It's over. They burned the girls. It all ended in fire. It all ended in fire, just as we always predicted. (sighs) Baby Nation, this week I have been Jack Alexander Shepard. My name is Tanner Greenring. This week, Baby Nation, round off the corners in your bedroom. Drown all of your dolls. Call your senator and demand your right to bear time. And do not forget, even in these trying times, to let daddy love you. As much as I do, Baby Nation, remember the Delaney's. Remember the Trip Man. Remember Boo Boo. And take your dream horse through that maze. Claudia's wearing a bra now. And the way she talks, you would think that boys had just been invented. Delilah, patch me through to the cauliflower universe. Yes, sir. I want to talk to those boys. Okay, one moment. I just need to fire up the 
Quantum stabilizer here. I don't need to hear a play-by-play. I'm throwing the switch on the capacitor, sir, now! I don't need a play-by-play. So, I think we need to get a new capacitor. Ring, ring. Making a lot of noise. Okay. Ring, ring. It's ringing. Ring, ring. Hope somebody picks up. Ring, ring. Don't. Maybe. Hello. Hello. Dave. Dave. Is this Dave Davidson? Hello. Hello. Is this Dave? Sir. Oh my God. Goliath, hot potty. It's Goliath. I got your message. Oh my God. Okay. I can't believe we got in touch with you. Okay. Yeah. We've been stuck here for days or decades. This time has no meaning here. Dave is rich. We're surrounded by. Could you put Rich on? Rich. Richson. Yeah. You want to talk to Rich? Yeah. I want to get his... I, yeah, I'd like to speak yeah, to Rich, he's, please. He's here. Okay. Could he throw him on the phone? He wants to talk to you. <clears throat> Sir? Is this still Dave or... Rich. 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 Good to speak to you. Dave said you wanted to speak to me, yeah, sir. I'm really glad you guys got in touch. I've been, uh... Yeah, we've been trapped in this cauliflower oh, dimension I, I, for decades. I'm aware. We yeah. have to do a lot of... Actually, I have to do a lot of work to get back in touch with you. There's a quantum stabilizer. It's very complicated. It costs us a lot of money. Sir, I have a wife and family at home. Yeah. No. Do you? I thought you guys... Oh, maybe I live with... <laughs> Don't you live with Dave and Mark? Mark... Right, right, right. I do have an estranged wife and family at home. Listen, I don't need to know about your personal lives. I'm yeah. here. I'm calling you for a reason. Yes. Obviously. Yeah. I'm, this is... This You're is, mounting a rescue effort. It costs hundreds of dollars a second okay. to speak to well, you. Well, sir, as far as I can tell, we entered the portal at the farmer's market. Let me... Can I, can I cut you I'm off? I'm not sure what the equivalent here in the Caulfield universe is, but that's where we're at. I'm calling you for a reason. Yes, and sir. I want to ask you. I need you to calm down. Okay. And I want to ask you something that's very important. Yes. Okay. Have you read the novel "The Fire at Marianne's House"? Uh, sorry, the the uh, business. Uh, sir, I'm not sure I understand. It's a the the important business self help book, "The Fire at Marianne's House." Sir, I'm. I, have you read it? You think so? Yeah, I, I'll assume so. I wouldn't have hired somebody who hadn't read all the important texts. There you have. So I just was going back over it, and I realized. So we got a CAO. Yeah, although I heard that position was open. Uh, I think it actually, sir. If, I'm going to give it to Mark right now because you guys are in this uh, okay. in freezer or something. Um, we got a CAO. We got a CFO. I want to clarify, it's not a freezer. Excuse me. It's, it's a it's a whole thing. Okay. Just, I just want to make sure we don't mess with the Again, technology. Thousands, of thousands of yeah, dollars. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, we got a snacks are. Yep. Number of other things. Yep. Well, we don't have one, I realize, because they. I'm going to read you a passage from that text. Okay, that doesn't seem like the best use of our time or money, but. I'll try to read it fast because it costs thousands of dollars a second to speak to you. Uh, Claudia, someone called Claudia, designated herself our official provider of munchies. And she makes sure to have plenty of yummy snacks on hand for every meeting. So we don't have yummy snacks. We just had the board over, and we had bad snacks. I don't know what happened to our snacks are, but they're going to be hearing from me. 
It occurs to me that we... I we're, think one of us may have been the snack uh, guy. And as you know, yeah. we've been stuck in the cauliflower yeah. universe for some time, sir. No, I'm Are you rem- sending help or... I'm remembering now the snack czar went on a grocery store run and never came back. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe got trapped in the freezer. Anyway, what I'm thinking, provider of munchies, a POM, we need one. It's what's going to set us above the competition. And I wanted oh, to ask... Oh, sir, you, I'm, Rich. I'm touched that you thought of me and I... I I wanted to ask you. Of course, except this uh, second I'm out of here and back in my home plane. I wanted to speak to you about it, and I did this. I didn't want Dave on the phone because I didn't want him to hear about it. Yeah, no. He gets pretty sensitive. Sensitive. Yeah. Yeah. He's. I feel like he's gunning for that CAO job, which you've given to Mark. Not going to give him. Yeah. Yeah. So here's my question for you, Rich. Yeah. And I value your advice. Yeah. Mark has applied for the role of POM. He put you down, you and Dave, but I don't want to talk to him as as professional references. So I just wanted to, I wanted to check in and doing my due diligence. Do you think he's got what it takes to? I think Mark is an incredible man, a strong leader, cares for munchies, cares for his employees very strongly. That's all I need to hear. Let me ask you a, another question, just because there's a, one other person I was thinking about who might be good for this role. Okay. Rich, if you were, let's say you were in a position, hypothetically, where you were- I was on were, the material plane you with were you. On the material, same material plane as me, and I asked you to provide munchies for the like a board meeting or an important meeting. Yeah. What's, a, what's an example of something that you would provide? Uh, vegan- pizza where we use cauliflower crust and like a cauliflower cheese on top uh maybe like um vegan buffalo wings where we kind of like deep fry cauliflower put them in buffalo sauce serve them with ranch dressing um maybe like a cauliflower roast cauliflower dish where we kind of like cover it in like again, he can cauliflower cheese and maybe like a balsamic reduction. Um, Great. Any of those sound right, sir? And if it was more like a dessert type of snack, cauliflower ice cream. Okay. Rich like a sorbet. Thank you for your input. I've made my decision. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, uh, it's been a pleasure speaking sir? to you. And uh, sir, I'm losing you. Goodbye. <laughs> you say goodbye. I already did. Goodbye, Delilah. Hang up the. The quantum phone. Anseen. That was a headgum podcast. <laughs>